Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. I learned how to play that chord it was at the end of an extreme song and I don't remember yes. yeah uh, gosh I don't remember the name of it but it ends with that chord and ever since then whenever I'm playing a song in the key of E and the song ends I go to that sound which is like an add nine it's a great chord. Yeah, I dig it. Love it. Hey, Steve, thanks for being here. Absolutely. You're an amazing guy. And so are you. Yeah, uh, I'm just <laughs> I'm just here to ask questions and get answers, sir. Hey, um, guys, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. <clears throat> this is uh, the Acoustic Guitar Workshop brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you'd like to learn some acoustic guitar, you can keep watching. If you want to learn it even faster, you can go to the old guitarzoom.com and check out Steve's acoustic guitar course by Steve Stein. It's available now and it's new and it's amazing. And um, let's learn some guitar, acoustic guitar stuff, guys. If you want to ask questions, please put them in the chat box or the comments, wherever you're watching this. Um, make sure you subscribe and hit the notify button so you can get notified of when the next one is coming. We're going to do several of these for you. And they'll all be saved on the YouTube channel, so you can go back and watch them. We'll put them in a nice playlist for you called the Acoustic Guitar Workshop. So today, we're going to be talking about getting creative with chords on the old acoustic guitar. Yes, away, sir. We are. <laughs> we are ready for learning. All right, perfect. Well, when I first started learning chords, like a lot of people, you know, learn how to play D and A and G. And again, all very practical and very important chords to learn on the guitar. But there's a few things that, um, and there, there's a million conversations we could have about creative chords, but what I wanna do is just get you to start thinking a little bit again outside the box. So the first thing to do is we're just gonna look at, let me grab that there so I can change this. We're gonna look at uh, like adding on and subtracting fingers, if you think of it that way. So for instance, if I take this D chord right here, what I can do is I can add on my pinky somewhere and see what it sounds like. Or if I was on a C chord, I've got my pinky available and I could put it somewhere and see what it sounds like. Or, you know, whatever. If I'm on an A chord, again, I've got a pinky available. So when I was younger and, and exploring this stuff, I didn't always have like someone to tell me what was right and wrong. I just explored sounds. And, and that was really fun for me to just kind of explore things. So one thing before we even get started in this, I want you to understand is I'm going to give you a, a couple of different insights today on some unique things that you could do with your chords that you may not have thought about before. So one is 
adding a finger on somewhere on the guitar and thinking about what it sounds like and whether or not you like that sound. Now, if we go back to this D chord, a more common place to put this pinky would be on the third fret of the first string right here. And you get a typical kind of sound that's called sus4. It makes this a D sus4. And again, don't worry about what that means. But so if I put that pinky down and then I take it off, it comes back and it feels like home when I hit that D chord. Okay? And you hear that in like... Um, like in Free Fallen, you hear that kind of sound. Okay? And that's, that's a great place to put that. Okay? When I was a kid, it sounded too much like everything else. So that's when I would try and try and put it somewhere else. I would move it a half step up and explore that sound. You see, and I would try and come up with things that were a little more unusual sounding, just because that's what I was always trying to do. That was kind of the journey that I was on. So what I'm showing you right there is that just simply by putting your pinky down, you get a different kind of sound. One is more of a of a comforting sound, I suppose you could call it. And the other one's a bit more dissonant. It totally reminds me of something like Alice in Chains would do though. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I just love that kind of sound. So I never let my theory or my logic get in the way of my creativity. If I came up with something that I liked, I just liked it and it didn't, it didn't have to fit in a key and it didn't have to make, you know, fit all the parameters of whatever. If I just, I liked it, I freaking used it and made something with it. So that's one thing I want you to think about is never forget your creative side of, of guitar playing or whatever your, your musical motivation is. Um, you know, it doesn't always have to fit in a box. Okay. So now the next thing I could do with this D chord, and I'll show you some other chords as we keep going here, but I could take a finger off. So in this case, what I could do is I could take off my middle finger and I get what's called a D sus2. And if I combine that with the D sus4, and I was really dug that because when I first started learning how to play chords, chords meant chord changes, like D went to C, and C went to G, or whatever it might be. And and I don't remember again where this happened, but when I started learning this chord creativity that I'm showing you right now, it meant I could stay on the chord longer, just change the voicing of that chord, and it made its own melody. It made something else happen. Mm. But it didn't require block movements, if you will. Like I didn't yeah. have to move to A, and then D, and then G, and then C. I didn't have to do this. I could stay in one place. or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden my song had this melody that existed over whatever chord, in this case the D chord. So learning to take fingers off and add them on, and you can explore all kinds of things, but again, don't get wrapped up in every finger should be able to be 
lifted off or what you you can explore them but ultimately what you're gonna do is find sounds that you really like like if I was doing the D another one and as soon as I do that I think my name's John live better more You know, it has that kind of sound to it. And what I'm doing there is I'm taking the first finger off and I'm doing what's called a hammer-on. So I'm smacking my finger back down onto the, 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 the note that makes the D chord. So I'm making this G that's becoming an A there. I gotta remember how this goes. had to get that out of my system i'm sorry but <laughs> oh, that's great yeah but again it's it's embellishment right i'm taking the d chord and i'm making uh what is the name of that song again i don't know copperhead road there we go copperhead uh, road that's what it is so yeah copperhead road by steve earl okay so what i'm doing there <laughs> as you can see I'm, I'm adding in this figure and then I actually went over here and I added my pinky on on the fourth fret of the third string there. See that? So I'm making a melody now on the top side of that chord. See? So there's a lot of really fun things that you can do by simply removing fingers and adding them back on. C chord. What I'm doing is I'm doing that on the second string, so I'm adding my pinky on, and then taking that off, and it's going to give me a different kind of sound. You see? And then what I would do is I'd go to A minor. You see, so I could just explore these different sounds by adding and removing different fingers. Now, if you make a chord that doesn't, like a G, you use all four fingers, you don't really have a lot that you can move around, right? Mm -hmm. So that's going to bring me to the second conversation we're going to have in just a second here, but I want to see if you have any questions or anything. No, I mean, I think this is super cool. Sometimes we get caught up on these terms of like, well, is it a D sus chord? Is it a, um, is it a chord embellishment? Like, I think the point that I'm getting from this is that you really want, you're really encouraging them to explore the different sounds by either adding notes or taking notes away. Yeah, I mean, the most important thing to always remember from my perspective of being a guitar player and growing up the way I did was music is about sound. It's not about logic, because if there was logic, we wouldn't have rock and roll in the first place. Rock and roll is based on theory that doesn't make any sense, which is blues and dominant seventh chords and all this sort of thing. So because I grew up the way I did, music was always more based on you know, if I was playing, uh, 
it was a movement thing. Like I could see what they were doing and I could hear what they were doing. But I never really sat and went, well, I've got to define all this. And if that doesn't fit, I got to call Iron Maiden and tell them that they can't do that anymore. <laughs> it, it never worked that way for me. I, my, my brain never worked that way. So um, where I could see if you grew up with a different mentality of, of music, how you'd go. That's As a matter of fact, here's a great little story. When I started teaching at NDSU... If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. One of the reasons I started teaching over there is they wanted a different musical perspective. And what happened was a lot of my students that would take my classes over at the college were other musicians that were uh, majoring in other instruments, but they wanted to see the uniqueness of the fretboard. Because if you play trumpet or you play tuba or you play saxophone or whatever, you your your world isn't based on visualization, right? And shapes. And so it was really interesting for a lot of them to take the class and go, wow, that's really unique how I'm not thinking about theory. I'm more thinking about the way it looks and the way it sounds on the fretboard. And a prime example of that, here's, I'll move into my second conversation here. By the way, guys, yeah. NDSU is North Dakota State University. That's where Steve was the professor of modern guitar studies there. That's right. That's right. So here's a prime easy example, like how I could take a C chord and move it up. And obviously by moving it up a whole step, it's becoming a D of some sort because I went from C to frets higher, it becomes a D. But it's not this D, it's a different voicing of D because I'm just taking the notes that I'm pressing on and moving them up, which means the other strings are still open. And you get this really kind of unique sound by doing things like that. You know, I can take my D chord, like again, you're gonna hear extreme, but um, the band extreme, but you know, like Jimmy Page would do this stuff all the time. Let's move it up a half step. See, so I could just kind of explore moving that D chord around and getting all these unique sounds. And that was just really fun for me. Like I would take the E chord and move it up to the ninth and eighth frets, which is technically a B, but I'm, I'm, I'm not playing B in the bass. See, I'm just taking, literally taking the E chord shape. And then if I move it down a whole step, it becomes A of sorts but I've got this great B tone or E tonality happening.
here, but keep E in the bass. And you just come up with, again, really unique and interesting sounds with chords that you already know, open chords. Now, again, I'm not saying this is easy and it doesn't require some practice. You know what it requires is it requires your time and it requires patience because you just have to look around and I can't give you all the answers of, well, this is what you have to do and don't do this. It's all relative to what kind of, and Dan and I were actually talking about Alice in Chains earlier. So I'm kind of on that, that kick right now in my brain because <laughs> Alice in Chains, like those guys would write chord progressions that were really kind of ugly sounding oftentimes using what we're talking about right now, not always. Um, but it fit the kind of music that they were playing. So somebody else might listen to that and go, ooh, you can't, you can't do that. And somebody else comes along and goes, man, that is exactly the kind of sound I was looking for. <laughs> so you can't dismiss it because it does or doesn't fit into a box. It all depends on what you like. I'm just saying for me as a, as a guitar player, when I learned this stuff, it was really cool because I, I knew I didn't at, at that time. Again, I'm, I'm okay with all kinds of different styles of music, but at that time, I didn't want just a regular G and C and D because it seemed like all the music I was listening to, they were trying to be more interesting than that. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started going, well, what, how can I move things around? Like, what could I do? And I would just explore different kinds of sounds and see what kind of things I could come up with. see and just kind of look around and go okay well that's not going to work so let's try something else and I'd move it down you see and then if all of a sudden I put a bass behind there that's going All of a sudden that kind of solidifies that bass sound so now my as a guitar player i don't have to worry about trying to sustain that that bass could could possibly do that dude that's amazing <laughs> yeah it's it's so much fun and when you start thinking about that way about music that way you start being able to kind of connect more with a lot of the like for again for me with the stuff that i listen to a lot of the players that i listen to this is the way they were thinking about the guitar it wasn't just you know, G, C, and D gives me the Eagles, and that's fine. I love the Eagles, right? But this gives me something that's a little bit little bit different than that. And that's where, you know, like, I remember the first time learning... Um... Like Rooster by, by Alice in Chains. Again, I'm picking on Alice in Chains, but it, it was a bar chord, but then they take the bar off. And then they moved up to A as a bar chord. Then they took the bar chord off. And that's it. Again, it's a shape thing. And we can define it as a million things, but I guarantee you when Jerry Cantrell is writing that, he's just going, oh, I'll take the bar off and see what it sounds like. Well, that's kind of cool. And you put them together, and now you've got this continuity. It's kind of like... Like Rush, you know, taking this E and then 
doing a bar chord, but you're only playing the top part of the bar and you're leaving the bottom strings open. <laughs> you know, you get these really kind of neat sounds by doing that. So that's what I want you to be thinking about in this chord creativity little discussion that Dan and I are having is how you can, again, for me, songs are a great place to start learning how to do this because I learn a song and go, oh, I've never, never done that before. That's kind of unique. And I'll figure out how I can use that in my playing. It's super cool, dude. All this stuff's amazing. I, I, oh, I forget about how just unique acoustic guitar can be just by moving like one note off of a string yeah. or taking an A shape and playing an E at the bottom of it or whatever. The case yeah, I'm going to show you there. something, Dan. I don't know if anybody's going to get it. It depends, it depends on how old you are. But I wrote a song um, with a buddy of mine. It was written for my daughter when she was born. Um, and it was called To Sing a Lullaby. And the beginning starts with this. there is it's one of my favorite chord progressions from the 70s where you'd play a major chord then you play a major seven and then a dominant seven and it always reminds me of like bread or something if mm -hmm. there's a i can't remember what song it is <clears throat> if a picture to fall, i can't remember what it is but there's there's a ton of songs from the 70s that would do that now i wasn't a big kind of AM radio 70s guy, but that was the chord progression. And for some reason, it always just really kind of tugged at my heart because I just love the sound of that. So when I, I don't know what key it was in, I don't know anything, but that chord progression has always stuck with me. Now, the second part of that, it goes to D. And here comes my Beatles. Right here. So right there, what happens is I go to a D major chord and then I follow with a D minor chord, which Very I would cool. hear the Beatles do all the time. So in that particular song, I'm using both D major and D minor in the same chord progression. So you, getting creative with your chords and thinking differently about the way that you approach your songwriting. And, and when I say songwriting, I don't mean you have to be some professional. You just got to get in there and start getting dirty. You just got to try some different things. So cool, dude. I love it. Man, this has been a fun, fun workshop. And it's just fun to hear you play and demonstrate all these different ideas because it's inspirational. It's inspirational to me and it's inspirational to, to everybody watching. Guys, um, if you've got the, the acoustic guitar like <clears throat> bug and you want to really go deep into this stuff, Steve's created a course for you. It's called Acoustic Guitar by Steve Stein. <laughs> it's available at guitarzoom.com. And uh, he goes a deep dive into all of these chord, getting creative with chords, these hammer-ons, the pull-offs, the uh, movable chord shapes, strumming patterns, finger patterns. It's all there for you in his new course called Acoustic Guitar. You can go to the homepage there at guitarzoom.com. And if there's not on the homepage, just click on the shop button and it'll take you over to all of the courses that we have available for you there. See, this has been fantastic. Is there anything else that you want to cover, my friend? No, I think that's more than enough. Again, my I always think with these things, it's nice to get people to just think a little bit differently about 
their practice approach, that everything doesn't just have to be a routine, like you can really enjoy yourself and explore things on the fretboard. And I think this, this is a good thing for them to try. Me too. It's been fantastic. Guys, if you enjoyed this, please um, subscribe and click the old notify button so you can be notified of when we do another one of these. We will save all of these workshops for you there on the Steve Stein YouTube channel. Um, or the Guitar Zoom YouTube channel. We also have the Guitar Zoom Songs channel, where we just focus on playing fun songs and learning how to play some songs, just get the, the basic uh, chords down and strumming patterns so you can kind of chug along with it. Uh, also, if you are not, uh, if you're a podcast person, you enjoy listening to podcasts, we have a new podcast. And you can check that out. It's called the Steve Stein Podcast, very cleverly named. It's available over there on iTunes and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Um, but the new course is called Acoustic Guitar. It's by Steve Stein. Steve, thank you for putting it together for us. I know people are going to love it. And thank you for being here. And thanks you, thank you to all of you for being here. Appreciate you very much. We'll see you in the next session. Yep. Take care, everybody. Talk okay, to you soon. my friend. Thanks. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. Yeah, basically, you know, it's not like this is a really complex discussion we're going to have today. And we're going to keep it fairly short so we don't bore you to death. But um, the most important thing is, is understanding that any instrument in the guitar world, certainly acoustic versus electric, has so much capability of being dynamic. Now, don't get me wrong, electric certainly can too. But the thing about acoustic is that you can, you know, you can go from just bare minimum... You just have a wide variety of sound there and sometimes we forget about that because we're we're on a certain path in our brain you know we're working on a strumming pattern or working on a chord progression or you know whatever it might be hey steve stein here from guitarzoom.com and thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you enjoyed this episode can i ask you a favor please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to guitarzoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at guitarzoom.com.